Hi, I'm Asha Tomlinson. And I'm David Common. And we're hosts of CBC Marketplace. We're award-winning investigative journalists that want to help you avoid clever scams, unsafe products, and sketchy services. Our TV show has been Canada's top investigative consumer watchdog for more than 50 years. But this is our first podcast. CBC Marketplace podcast is available now on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Welcome to The Dose. Remember last fall and winter when adults and especially infants and young kids filled ICUs and which led to ER waits of 18 hours or more? The cause was the so-called triple-demic of viruses. Two of them, COVID and influenza, had vaccines. The third virus, respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV, did not. Well, we have an update. Last week, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved the first ever vaccine for RSV. So today we're asking, what do I need to know about this new RSV vaccine? Hi, Sabina. Welcome back to The Dose. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. So what was your reaction when you heard this vaccine was approved? I was frankly very thrilled to hear this. It's a long time in the making. And I think, you know, having another one of these vaccines in our arsenal, especially as we head into another, you know, flu, fall, um, flu and influenza season, I think it's fantastic to have. Yeah, I think it is fantastic. And the thing I thought of, boy, it would have been nice to have it uh, as the triple, uh, the triple demic or even before the triple demic was was unfolding. But, you know, we're 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 here to hear about the 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 vaccine and everything that you know about it. But before we begin, can you give us a hi, my name is tell us what you do and where you do it. Just ad lib. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Sabina Voha Miller. I'm the founder of Unambiguous Science. It's a science-based platform where I really try and increase science literacy um, for the general population. I am. Um, I also have a master's in clinical pharmacology, and I'm currently a doctor of public health student at the Dalalana School of Public Health at the University of Toronto. Okay, here we go. First off, what do we know about RSV as as a viral infection? Yeah, and you know, RSV actually has been making the rounds um, lately quite a bit. I mean, I, as you mentioned, you know, last year, last fall, we had a really brutal fall with the triple demic. In fact, there were some estimates that was suggesting that almost 40% of households had, you know, were experiencing this triple demic of influenza, COVID, and RSV. But, you know, RSV is not a new virus. It's been around from the very beginning, and it's a highly, highly contagious virus that causes infections of the lungs and the breathing passages. And the circulation is, you know, very similar to that what we see with influenza. So it's seasonal, starts typically in the fall, and, you know, peaks in the winter. Now, for most people, RSV causes very minor cold-like symptoms, you know, usually just upper respiratory tract type illness, and people recover usually typically within a few days. But in younger people and older people and in some immunocompromised people, it can actually cause lower respiratory tract infections. And, you know, with that, what it causes is something known as bronchiolitis, which is the inflammation of the small airways in the lung. It can also end up causing life-threatening pneumonia and in some cases, death as well. And so it can be quite severe in certain populations and, you know, Sabina, uh, when it comes to older adults, frankly, I was surprised 
that a fair number of older adults had to be admitted with RSV uh, during the fall and winter. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the statistics, you know, per the CDC, every single year, RSV results in between 60 to 120,000 hospitalizations and 6,000 to 10,000 deaths among adults who are 65 years of age and older. So it's absolutely nothing to sneeze at. And the fact that we've been, you know, trying to work on a vaccine specifically in this population for a very long time is really telling because there is such a severe burden of disease in the elderly. So that's RSV. What do we know about the new vaccine? Yeah, so the new vaccine um, was just approved by the FDA. It's actually the first RSV vaccine that's ever been approved. So this this is huge news. And this uh, uh, this one actually is called RxV. It's by GSK. And it was approved for individuals who are 60 years of age and older. So this vaccine is a protein subunit vaccine. So it's actually very similar to other vaccines in terms of the technology. You know, for instance, the hepatitis B vaccine is also a protein subunit. And more recently, you know, many people are familiar with Novavax. That is also a protein subunit vaccine. Um, And, you know, what was amazing about this is because of that massive uh, burden of disease, this uh, vaccine received priority review with the FDA and the European Medicines Agency, the EMA as well, and uh, was just recently approved by the FDA. What kinds of side effects were seen in the clinical trial? Yeah, and so, you know, first of all, I want to mention the clinical trial was absolutely incredible in terms of how robust it was. Um, so it's an ongoing randomized placebo-controlled phase three trial, and in fact, included 25,000 participants. And, you know, as you know, in re- recruiting these many participants in a clinical trial can get very tricky and it's very difficult to do, but they were, in fact, successful to recruit these many people in the study. Um, and what they found with one dose of this vaccine, it significantly reduced the risk of developing any RSV-associated lower respiratory tract disease by 82% and severe disease, in fact, by 94%. So extremely efficacious and efficacious for both, um, you know, RSVA as well as RSVB subtypes. Now, in terms of adverse events, you know, what we saw were actually what we would typically see with any vaccine. So we saw things like injection site reactions, like pain, some fatigue, some muscle pain, some joint stiffness and pain and some headache. But the good part is that the incidence of any serious adverse events were in fact similar between the vaccine group and the control group. So, you know, I think especially given the fact that we've been researching RSV vaccines for so long to find something that is efficacious and safe has culminated in this vaccine that had extraordinary um, efficacy and was also very, very well tolerated. So if if this works as well as we think it will in the general population, as it did in the people who were studied in this large clinical trial, um, this vaccine could prevent a large number of deaths, couldn't it? Absolutely, especially given the remarkable efficacy against severe disease. You know, I think that is one of the parameters that is so you know critical to look at, and a reduction of ninety four percent is is fantastic. So we've been talking a lot about older adults, but I want to ask you uh, to remind us why it is that infants with RSV tend to get much sicker in general than, than say, uh, you know, young adults or middle-aged adults. 
Yeah, so the other population that is, again, very susceptible to RSV are infants. And this is because they have smaller lungs, their their passages are, are much narrower as well, and their lungs are not fully developed. And so they tend to have a lot more of the lower respiratory tract illness that we see with severe infections. And so if you look at children under age five, it actually results in around 58,000 to 80,000 hospitalizations and you know up to 300 deaths annually. And it's actually the number one cause of hospitalizations for children under the age of one and the second leading cause of death in children under age one globally. So there is, again, another huge burden of illness in this population as well. And, you know, the the other thing about RSV infections in infants is that it's unpredictable. So all infants uh, have this potential of developing a severe RSV infection. And in fact, most hospitalizations for RSV occur in completely healthy infants born at term. Um, And then on top of that, um, you know, it also puts children at risk for developing other downstream issues, you know, such as, for instance, asthma. We have data to show that kids who get very sick with RSV in their first year of life end up having two to fourfold higher risk of developing asthma later down in their life. So it, again, it, it you know it is that it does cause um, significant illness in in children who are under the ages of one. Now, the vaccine that you and I have been talking about will not be given to infants, but I gather that there are other vaccines in development, or at least one other vaccine in development that could be given to pregnant women, and that could have a positive benefit on their children once they're born. Absolutely. And so Pfizer, you know, Pfizer actually has uh, this uh, vaccine in place, not just for the elderly population over age 60, but also this vaccine would be administered to pregnant people to see whether, you know, they can actually provide some of that protection to infants when they're born. So this is actually through transplacental transfer of IgG antibodies. We call it passive immunity. Um, And so what it does is it actually passes immunity from the pregnant person to the baby, and it lasts for the first few months in their lives. And, um, you know, the Pfizer vaccine, in fact, um, has just read out some of their data. It, again, looks very promising. And they have applied for FDA approval in February, and they applied to Health Canada in April of this year. So we should, you know, see this vaccine available at least, you know, for um, use in maternal uh, during pregnancy for infants who are under age six months, hopefully, in fact, by the end of this year. Sick Boy Podcast is a health and comedy show about what it's like to be sick. Wait, is that right? How can illness be funny? You'd be surprised. Okay. Sick Boy is hosted by me, Brian Stever. And me, Taylor McGilvery. And myself, Jeremy Saunders. Come on in and join us to melt your heart, learn something fascinating, and bust a belly laugh. Trust us, you'll be glad you did. You can find Sick Boy on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your pods. So if you, if one were going to vaccinate a pregnant woman in order to protect her children, provide passive immunization to to the child through the placenta for, say, up to the first six months of of the infant's life, when would you have to deliver that vaccine to the pregnant woman? So the most ideal timing of actually delivering a vaccine for, you know, the most efficacious uh, transfer of IgG antibodies typically is in the early third trimester of pregnancy. So, you know, between 27 weeks to 32 weeks is ideally the time when you you see the most transfer of antibodies. Um, And, you know, and I think the reason why you want to actually have this vaccine given 
to uh, pregnant people is that young babies do not really have a, a robust immune system. It's not mature enough to actually make protective antibodies themselves in response to a vaccine. So for, you know, infants who are under age six months who are at one of the highest risks for RSV severe illness, the best way to in fact protect them is not necessarily by giving them the vaccines themselves, but in fact giving the vaccine to the, the pregnant person during pregnancy at that ideal time to allow for maximum transfer. But at some point, clearly, even with this kind of a, a strategy, um, an infant is going to run out of passive immunization courtesy of mom. So are there any vaccines in development that are aimed at infants, given the fact that there are lots of infant vaccines? Absolutely. So unfortunately, as of right now, none of the uh, none of the vaccines that we have in development have started any of the pediatric trials. So what I mean by pediatric trials is actually giving the vaccine directly to the infant. So those studies have not started. I am hopeful that you know, a lot of trials, typically in the pediatric population, is very much phased in a stepwise way. You want to make sure the first step is safe, you move on to the next step. Um, and so, you know, I do think in the next few years, we will have more vaccine candidates that can be given directly to infants. By this time, we don't have that. However, what we do have, and again, this is something that is exceptionally exciting, are monoclonal antibodies. And so this is actually just providing some of that immunity directly to infants. Um, and so Sanofi and AstraZeneca, in fact, have developed a new monoclonal antibody. It's called Bayfordis. And this is administered as a single dose to um, infants and newborns before their first RSV season to protect them for that RSV season. And this was actually already approved by the European Commission a um, couple of months ago, when it was approved in Canada end of April as well, and expected to get FDA approval by August of this year. And the most impressive part about this monoclonal antibody is that it's long acting. So up until now, we did have another monoclonal antibody called Synergis that was given to specifically infants who were at very high risk or were premature. Um, and it has to be given on a monthly basis. So it would be basically given every month for five months for the first RSV season. Um, whereas this new monoclonal antibody just has to be given once per season and it protects you throughout. And because of that, you know, it, the efficacy um, is fantastic for, for this new vaccine. And because it's long acting, uh, the CDC's ACIP committee um, that basically recommends use of vaccines have said that so far they would recommend this antibody for all infants. So not just premature and not just high risk um, children, but all infants for their first RSV season. All infants, as opposed to infants at particularly high risk. Exactly. Now, hopefully, you know, we have similar recommendations here by NASI, but that's yet to be seen. So remind me, is this treatment approved in Canada, this new monoclonal antibody treatment, uh, is it something that, that infants are going to likely, likely be able to, to receive as a treatment anytime soon? So it was just approved uh, less than two weeks ago. So very, very new. But yes, we do have approval for it. Um, we're still waiting to hear NASI's recommendations on Hughes, and we still have to understand what the manufacturing and supply looks like. But I am exceptionally hopeful that we're going to have this in our arsenal come fall 2023 as we head into the next, uh, you know, influenza season. 
Wow, that's 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 amazing news. Thank you for sharing that. Um, how long? I want to get back to the to the vaccine that was approved uh, by the Food and Drug Administration in the U.S. How long uh, were vaccine researchers working on that particular vaccine? Oh, wow. What a great question. So, you know, this is the first RSE vaccine to be approved, but it has not been for a lack of trying. Let me tell you that. Um, we've just been very, very un- unsuccessful um, up until this point. In fact, we started trialing, uh, you know, or designing an, an RSE vaccine back in the 1960s, um, you know, where we had this inactivated RSV vaccine for young children. And unfortunately, it completely backfired, you know, instead of preventing infections or illnesses. In fact, it ended up causing more enhanced form of RSV, some more severe form of RSV in the infants who received the vaccine. And we, you know, immediately stopped that trial and the last 50 years have been spent in terms of understanding what caused that. How did, you know, the vaccine fail so spectacularly and how to prevent it, how to actually get us to a point where we have a safe and efficacious vaccine. So it's been in development since the 1960s. You know, we've been doing that clinical research to try and make sure we get that really good data, really good due diligence until we have a vaccine that can be finally approved, which is, you know, we're finally there. And and here we are with an explosion in new vaccines. Why do you think vaccine development is more successful today compared to years ago? You know, I think that uh, there's a lot to be said about learning from previous mistakes. And I think that has actually been pivotal for us. You know, if you're looking at even the RSV vaccine, you know, for example, or the hypothesis that we have as to why the first vaccine failed is because we actually think the vaccines were not eliciting a really strong immune response. And so the antibodies were not binding strongly enough to the inactivated virus to produce a, you know, a really good protective immune response. Instead, the antibodies were sort of dragging the dead virus with them wherever they went. And that ended up triggering this massive attack by the entire immune system, causing essentially things we didn't want to see. Um, so I think that, you know, the failure of that vaccine, in fact, really helped us understand what we need to need to be seeing when we're developing an effective vaccine. And in fact, we also have new technologies. You know, I mean, we talked a lot about the protein subunit vaccine, but Moderna is actually also in phase three uh, trials looking at an RSV vaccine using their mRNA technology. And again, we've had so many years in the last I would say decade or two where we've been looking at mRNA vaccines, understanding how we can use this technology. So we've come a long, long way. Um, And I'm actually, frankly, very excited about what we're going to see in the future. So the new monoclonal antibody treatment has already been approved by Health Canada. I gather that the Pfizer vaccine, which would be given to pregnant women, uh, that Pfizer has made application to Health Canada just as they've made application to the Food and Drug Administration for approval. What about the uh, vaccine by uh, GSK, the one that the FDA approved last week? Have, uh, has the company made application to Health Canada? When will we see that one here? Yeah, so they, in fact, also applied to Health Canada last year in December. So December 2022 is when they applied um, for Health Canada approval. So I don't know if they actually received priority review, but my assumption is that they likely qualified for Health Canada priority review as well. 
Um, and if so, we should actually see something from Health Canada by the end of the summer for the GSK vaccine in the 60 plus population as well. I'm keeping my fingers crossed hard for that. As as are all of us. Last question I'm going to ask you, given the fact that RSV, you know, most of the time it causes a mild illness, but can cause severe illness. What are some of the symptoms that should trigger uh, seeking medical attention, whether you're the parent of an infant or, or whether you're an older adult who is developing a more severe form of the infection? Yeah, you know, I think one of the first things we see, especially in infants, is actually, you know, them struggling to to get a nice deep breath. And so, you know, personally, my son had RSV at 10 weeks, and our first indication was that he was, in fact, having these chest uh, retractions that were quite severe, and we could see that he was really struggling to take that deep breath in. Um, and so that was our first indication to take it to the emergency room and actually... Um, see what was happening. And I think in, in adults as well, you see that where you can see that it's getting, it makes it very hard for them to actually get that good deep breath in. Um, if they can have really sharp chest pain, um, they can be out of breath, um, you know, they can wheeze as well. So all of those symptoms in adults shows that you're really struggling to get that, um, that good breath in. You can also have cough, shortness of breath, um, and, and, you know, I think um, fever is less common in adults, but it can occur. Um, but fever was another symptom that we saw in our infant as well when, when he had RSV. So, um, you know, I think one of the biggest indicators would be just to, to see how hard someone um, is, is working to get that deep breath in. And uh, with new vaccine development, if we see fewer and fewer infants and, and older children getting those symptoms and needing hospitalization, that'd be a really good thing. Sabina Vora-Miller, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Sabina Vora-Miller has a Master of Pharmacology and is a student in the Doctor of Public Health program at the University of Toronto. She's a founder of the website Unambiguous Science. Here's your dose of smart advice. RSV is a common virus that usually causes mild cold-like symptoms, but the virus can also produce serious illness in infants and older adults. It's the number one cause of hospitalizations for infants under one year of age. A new vaccine by GlaxoSmithKline called Orexv recently got FDA approval. It is indicated for adults 60 years of age and older In a clinical trial, the vaccine reduced the risk of infection by 82% and reduced the risk of severe illness by 94%. Side effects of the vaccine include soreness at the injection site, muscle and joint aches, and headaches. The vaccine has been submitted for approval to Health Canada. Another vaccine made by Pfizer that would be indicated for adults age 60 and older and pregnant women is under review by the FDA and by Health Canada. In addition, Health Canada just approved a new antibody drug to help protect babies up to age two from serious illness caused by RSV. Fortunately, most people have mild symptoms. For them, the treatment includes acetaminophen and ibuprofen to manage pain and fever, as well as fluids. Seek emergency care for infants under six months of age and older adults who are having trouble breathing or who are dehydrated. If you have topics you'd like discussed or questions answered, our email address is thedose at cbc.ca. If you like this episode, please give us a rating and review wherever you listen. This edition of The Dose was produced by Isabel Gallant. 
Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. The Dose wants you to be better informed about your health. If you're looking for medical advice, see your healthcare provider. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Until your next dose. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.